Hi guys, I'm Erica Steinke and welcome back to the Healthy Home Podcast. If you're new here, I'm so excited to have you listening. This podcast has been created to inspire, motivate, and hopefully teach you something and especially how to be your healthiest self and make it a lifestyle. Today, I have a super special segment planned for you guys. I was so excited about this. I am so excited about this. And this is going to be our first interview. So if you listen to the beginning, I said that I would love to do an interview every so often. Could be in English, could be in Spanish. Today's is in English with Abby Stasier and I'm super excited. Honestly, she's really the best person this could have gone with for the first interview because as some of you may know already, she was my coach. She coached me in her Be About Being Better Academy and I wouldn't be in this place without her. So without further ado, let me introduce Abby and let's get started. Hello, Abby. I'm so excited to have you here. I think this is going to be amazing. This is our first interview on Erica's Healthy Home podcast. So I can't think of a better person to interview. And yeah, I'm super excited. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about how we know each other? Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited for you, especially starting this. And I am really honored to be here. So I know Erica because she is a client currently in my Be About Being Better Academy. Um, at the time of this recording on week nine. So I'm really, I'm really excited to be your coach. Absolutely love coaching you. And um, it, it really has been such a fun experience to just watch you grow, not just with your fitness goals, nutrition goals, but your career goals as well. The fact that you have started this and you're running a half marathon too, and having, having a whole family has been um, really a fulfilling experience for me these past nine weeks. So yeah, that, I, love, I love that you're my client in, in my academy. It's, this is great. I love it. I love it, you guys. This academy has been amazing. It's literally changed my life. You've heard in my other podcasts, I talk about Abby a lot. So this is just really, really cool. And just to give you guys who are listening a bit of perspective. So right now, Abby is in New Jersey, correct? Yeah. And I am in Barcelona. So props to technology, we're able to do this. This is so cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we are going to divide this talk into two segments. We're going to start a little bit with Abby's background. We're going to talk about her business and how she's gotten to that amazing business and just built a career for herself at home, which is just, I think the dream, everyone wants a home, a job they can do at home, right? And make good money and you're helping people. You're changing people's lives. I mean, that's incredible. So we're going to talk a bit about Abby's job and about her work. And then we're going to dive into the five categories that I cover in health and healthy home. And so we'll talk about how she takes care of herself. We're going to talk about her workout routines. We're going to talk about her nutrition we're going to talk about how she's organized and maybe she'll even give us some fun facts about you know what goes into the nutrition and behind that okay so are you ready abby yes all right awesome all right so let me start with i want you to just tell me a bit about how you came to be well before i want you to tell me about before becoming a coach who was abby before being you know associated with a health and lifestyle coach like who were you before all this Oh my goodness. Wow. It's, I feel like I was a completely different person living a totally different life. So it's kind of, 
it's funny to look back because I love where I am now, but I, but I appreciate where I've come from because I know that I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for everything that I went through, being who I was, all of the, <laughs> the mistakes that I made in the past. Um, but I have always been a ballet dancer. That's where I started. I was not a gym person. I really did not consider myself a gym person. I was always a ballerina and I went to college for dance. So I went to Dickinson College and I picked them specifically because they're affiliated with a ballet company. Um, but after my, my first semester, I quickly was changing my major and quickly, uh, quickly shifting things. So I actually graduated as a neuroscience major. And wow. I thought medical school for a long time. But my health journey definitely had a lot of ups and downs and it stemmed from me switching from being a dancer to then stopping dance and finding something that was just as fulfilling. I felt like I was still expressing myself, could be creative and, and fun and still keeping me healthy, building stamina, endurance, muscle, all of those sorts of things. And it, it really took me a long time to find something that would fill that void. And no, wait, just to, just to clarify, was there like a key moment that made this happen for you or was it a, sm a slow progressive process that you went through to get here? Oh, I feel like when we look back, like hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? So looking back on it, I guess, well, going through the experience, I, I felt like it was really slow and gradual and took a lot of, a lot of years, but looking back on it, I can definitely identify a QP key moments where I was like, oh, okay, I need to make a change. Oh, I need to shift here. So, I mean, for me, when I knew I needed to like take a step back from dance and really change up what I was doing, for me, that was my first semester in college. I okay. was so afraid of gaining that freshman 15. I was working out pretty much excessively. I, in between classes, I was, you know, doing abs or cardio in my dorm room, going to the gym before my dance rehearsals, then I would have dance class, then rehearsal. And it was just, it was so much working out. And, but I was used to that before college. I mean, I was dancing and exercising 30, 40 hours a week. That's what I was used to. So being in college, totally new schedule. And so I was yeah. trying to keep up with that was not realistic at all. So I ended up getting myself sent to the hospital uh, my first semester of college because I had strained all of my intercostal muscles. I mean, I, I couldn't breathe. I had horrible chest pains. So, but it was because I had strained the muscles in between my ribs from working out too much. So really being forced to take a bit of a break from that to heal from that injury made me, that was a turning point for me where I'm like, I need to change what I'm doing. This is not sustainable. So- okay. Yeah. Do you feel like for people who are listening and maybe in, in school right now in the States or even in school anywhere, do you feel like this is unfortunately something that happens to a lot of people that you kind of get to school, it's a new setting, new, you know, you kind of lose your way, you don't really know, you're kind of free, you know, you're out of home and you're like, okay, like, what do I want to do? And so I think some people don't really, would you agree with that some people don't really know how to control those habits and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, I yeah. Agree. I think being just plopped in a new environment and not being able to control a lot of things and yeah. having my exercise routine, like 
trying to keep that the same, trying to keep my weight the same as it was in high school, it was giving me a sense of security for a while. I'm like, oh my gosh, so much is changing. I'm living in a new state, totally new schedule. I'm on my own, new friends. You know, it was just so many new things, but me, you know, still continuing to dance, still continuing to being the same weight. Like that was something I felt like I could control to try and keep something the same. So I think a lot of, you really hit the nail on that. I think a lot of college students uh, go through that period of time in that transition. And I think for each student, it can manifest in, in different ways. And unfortunately me, I was, I took it to the extreme that first semester. Um, but it, it gave me a lot of clarity and it, it, helped me to see that there are things in our life that we can't control and these moments of transition can really help you grow so yeah. I, unfortunately like we all go through those growing pains but once you get out of them and you're on the other side it, it really is it really is beneficial to look at your other side i mean look where you are today it's crazy yeah, it really is crazy how so much has changed and so i guess you know, after that defining moment where I was like, I need to, number one, take a step back from dance, but I also need to really, really evaluate how can I still get, regain control of my life, still find something that's fulfilling with exercise. And so that's when I really started going to, going to the gym. I eventually throughout my freshman year, changing up things, I did gain that freshman 15 and, um, and I started. That you gained the fit freshman 15, did you? When you say you gained freshman 15, is this because you were working out and that freshman 15 came from muscle because you went from being a slim dancer to maybe just a fitter, muscular athlete? Or did this freshman 15 came because you went off the wagon and you were eating not so such good foods? Oh my gosh. I wish it all was muscle. Okay. <laughs> amazing. Um, no, I... Um, it took me a long time to figure out, okay, if it's not dance, if it's not working out excessively between like, what is it that's going to keep me fit and still, and still be fulfilling for me. Uh, so that was really just me diving into the college life and not knowing what worked best for me. So that most of that weight really was, was fat. And um, so I definitely, I gained 15 pounds. I did not have as much muscle as I did that first, that first freshman year. Wow. And that's when my mindset really started to shift. Yeah. I, I never thinking yeah. myself, like looking back on high school, like I, I never thought of myself as somebody who was insecure or somebody who, who hated what I, what I looked at in the mirror. But my, the end of my freshman year, like the sophomore year in college, I, I really didn't like what I saw in the mirror. And I was very self-deprecating towards myself. I mean, looking pictures at my phone, scrolling through like fat, fat, fat. I can't post these photos. Just so nitpicky about myself. And there really was, you know, a breaking moment for me where, you know, I looking through some photos of my friends and uh, my friends and I and looking at the photos on my phone, scrolling through all, because you have to take a million, obviously, with your friends. So you're scrolling through all of those, and I'm like, nope, 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 back, back, back. I can't post any of these. Looking at the photos brought me back to the moment when I was taking the photos and just seeing myself like, you know, I feel like my clothes are too tight. I feel like, you know, comparing myself to my friends. I feel like I'm taking up too much space. I'm, you know, the biggest one. And this is, I just was so hard on myself. And that really was a moment for me. I remember looking through those, that specific group of photos, being like, wow, will it? always be like this where I just hate 
what I look like. I hate what I feel like. I have no energy, no motivation. My grades were slipping at that point. My relationships were changing. I just felt like I was irritable all the time. I really wasn't this happy Abby that everyone knows now. Knows you now as, yeah. Yeah. So that was a huge turning, but that was another turning point for me. I was like, I got to get, I got to figure this out. I got to start exercising and I got to hone in on the nutrition and me trying to figure this out on my own was really tough. I mean, several months before I'd go into the gym and, um, cause I really wasn't, I really wasn't dancing anymore. So I, I mean, you have to find what works for you. And I think when you're in school, especially university, I think it's such a crucial moment for so many people because you're going through this stage of like, I'm, I'm living on my own. I'm independent. I make my own decisions, but how do you know what decisions to make or like when to know that those are the right decisions for you when I'm, and I'm talking, you know, health wise and nutrition wise and just who do you surround yourself with? And I feel like if you're listening to this and you're in school right now and you're looking at yourself, kind of like what Abby's talking about. And I went through this too, where I looked at my phone and I wouldn't want to post pictures. And I look back at my pictures from university and I think I went like on a roller coaster of weight and what I ate and who I hung out with. And I think that you have to just make sure one, that you're surrounding yourself with the correct people. And if you've got that support system around you or that positivity around you, that's going to make a big difference. And then you really look at yourself. But when you try and change things and you're not hanging out with good people, and I say this because you know, I, my sister's in, in university and you always want your little siblings hanging out with the right people. And I'm a mom and I always look at things as like a mom, I think now and like motherly aspect of things that if you're not surrounding yourselves in these positive situations, I think it's very difficult to become better, you know? So you were also in a sorority, right, Abby? Like that helps a lot. Yes. So I joined, you know, my sorority sophomore year. That helped so much. I really felt like I was surrounded by like-minded women and in our sororities, you know, motto specifically is leading women. So, you know, a lot of leaders, people that are, you know, wanting to empower others, motivate others, really be leaders in the community. And I felt really supported in my sorority. That helped so much. I think, and and I've said this before to, to people in the academy, but you really are a product and a reflection of the five closest people to you. So like you said, if you're around toxic people, you're going to fall into that. If you're around people who have unhealthy habits or really don't care about the health, you're likely not going to care about your health either. So looking at your community and is, is a huge part of all this. If you don't like your actions and your behaviors, you have to examine who you're surrounding yourself with for sure. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. When you joined the sorority, were you making already that shift from dancer Abby to finding what works for me, Abby, to neuroscience major Abby? Okay. So, okay. So you changed your degree to neuroscience in sophomore year, correct? Yes. All right. That's like a big change. Like, that's amazing. I know when I tell people that they're like, wait, you started as a dance major. I'm like, yeah, I did. I mean, I've always been fascinated with the body, how it works, kinesiology, these sorts of things. So I thought that maybe I would have a biology minor. So then when I was shifting things, okay, well maybe instead of the biology minor, I'll just make it a major. Maybe I'll minor in dance. Um, But then I took some psychology classes and some biology classes and the neuroscience major specifically at Dickinson uh, was really a combination of biology and psychology classes. 
So combined, those, that's how I ended up with neuroscience. And I was fascinated by it. I love, you know, I still love psychology and, and biology and focusing more on the neuroscience than rather just straight bio. I didn't have to worry about plants or, you know, a lot of animals. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually was the better parts of biology that I was more interested in and the people aspect of psychology. I loved that. Okay. Yeah. And so from, so just to clear things up for somebody who's like just getting to know you, correct me if I'm wrong, you come from a family of doctors. Yes. Yes. A okay, lot so of you already had this medical vibe in you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. So, you know, saying that I wanted to do med school and that was my plan, um, did, did not surprise a lot of people. It just kind of made sense. And for me, it made sense too for a long time. Like, okay, great. Like, I'll just kind of, my, my grandfather and my dad, they're both in private practice together. They're ophthalmologists and eye plastic surgeons. So me, like, you know, wanting to go to medical school just seemed very natural at first. And yeah, the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I liked science. I knew that I wanted a career that, that served others and was a combination of, you know, community service and science. So I definitely wanted to find something that, that blended that. Um, and yeah. yes, but me strips switching things to instead of medical school more health and, and life coaching that was a huge shift <laughs> yeah so you're in school, you're studying to be a neuro major and then you make this aha moment of like i want to be a health coach like when did that happen um yeah so th that's a, a really good question and it's it really happened quickly um, I was preparing to take the, the MCAT again. So the MCAT, for those of you listening who don't know, that is the entrance exam for medical school. So prepping to take that, I'd already taken it before, but I wanted to improve my score. So I was prepping to take that again. I had already invested in, in a tutor and an online course. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to you know use a different company to, to try and help me prep, prep for this this time. Um, and, and I was excited for it. You know, I, I spent the money, I invested in that. But soon after I made the, I was feeling a lot of resistance with it. And it was a gut feeling. And it, I wasn't sure if I was feeling resistance towards prepping for this exam and taking it again, because I was nervous because I didn't do well the first time. I mean, I did okay. You know, I, I did fine. It wasn't outstanding. But I was nervous that I was, I was going to fail. I was nervous I was going to put so much effort in and not get in. Um, but I couldn't tell if it was my fear of failure that that was holding me back or if it was a gut feeling like, mm, I know that this career path isn't right for me. Your heart wasn't in it 100%. Right. So it took me a while to figure out like, mm, do I just need to kind of like kick myself in the booty and get myself in gear, like study and just do it? Or is it, was I really nervous that, oh, this, this isn't the right career path for me. So I knew that yeah. I needed to figure this out. So that's when I took a job and I became a medical scribe. So I was like, let me get some experience in the medical field and see if this works. So I worked for a primary care physician. What's, what's a medical scribe? What's a medical scribe for somebody who's listening? I love this job. If anyone listening to this is considering medical school, I loved this job. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to medical school and becoming a doctor, not the right career path for me, but being a scribe helped me see that. So the medical scribe goes into the patient room, you know, the exam room with the physician. They don't say anything. I'm not allowed to touch the patient. I don't talk to the patient. I don't do it. I am just behind a computer typing the encounter. I fill, okay. I fill out the electronic medical record. So I, okay. I I don't prescribe medication. 
Um, I don't sign any orders, but I prep the chart for the physician to do all of that. And I type sure. everything, you know, that the, the complaints from the patient, I explain their symptoms and I prep the online medical record to talk about the diagnosis and what was seen in the treatment plan. So that, and most doctor's offices allow that to be printed out or just added to the electronic chart for the patient. Okay. So I, I basically did all the typing, but I learned the medical terminology. I'm going to say, you must have learned a ton. Oh my gosh. It, it was amazing. And to see the realities of the medical field and to really see the patient encounters and to be in the room, I was like, oh, this is not what I want to be doing. Okay. <laughs> so this brought you to... Yes. Really, where, you know, becoming a health coach. Oh, for sure. Because okay. I, seeing the realities of the medical field, it made me see... For myself, I mean, we hear this all the time that, you know, people are dealing with all these chronic conditions and we're catching people too late, but me seeing it firsthand as a medical scribe and, you know, helping to um, coordinate toe amputations and, um, you know, typing about how this one patient was on four different medications for their blood pressure and we're adding another one and their blood pressure is still out of control, all these sorts of things we really are catching people too late and people are just being managed yeah. on so many medications. And I kept thinking to myself, I want to help people get ahead of this. Like if this person just exercised for like 20 minutes, a couple years ago and stayed consistent with it, or just had a little bit more time to learn why their diet wasn't serving them and what they could eat instead and had accountability around that, then yeah. they would, they wouldn't, likely be where they are right now. So I found that there wasn't enough time to counsel patients on lifestyle changes. Um, and ap appointments were really scheduled too far apart. So there was a lack of accountability. And okay. Motivated for a little bit, but then they fall off the wagon and then their next appointment is maybe three, four, six months, if, you know, maybe a year until their next appointment. Or they're even worse. Right. <laughs> exactly. So and in, in the appointments, would you ever touch on diet? Yes. The doctor that I worked with specifically did. Um, okay. I, I think he's a rare breed. <laughs> I don't think, okay. um, I don't think a lot of them do. Sometimes there's just not enough time. There's other press. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is a topic that I've come encounter with a lot that when people go to a doctor, whether it's for a heart condition or a liver condition, or even just joint pains, or, you know, you're feeling achy. Most doctors and if there's anybody doctor listening out there, please contact me. But I don't think that many doctors touch on diets. And I think that it's really key. And I think more and more it's becoming something that needs to be, we need to be informed about it. Like you need to be informed. And I think that it's super important. So diets, you're working this job, you're a medical scribe and you say, okay, I want to be on the positive side of this. I want to be before all of this. I want to create something to help people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's when I started a free Facebook group online. It's called, it's called Healthy and Happy with Abby. And you started a Facebook group. That was for your first step. Like first thing you did. That was my okay. first. That was my first step. Because I was like, you know what? If it's not medical school, like what? What is it? So I get well. Guess you know, going back a little bit when I was in college, I finally figured out my exercise and I lost the 15 pounds through Beachbody. So I hired a coach myself. So I fig I got everything figured out in college. I figured out what worked for me. I found, I was so insecure at going to the gym. I finally figured out at home workouts that I could do and um, got 
I honed in my nutrition. I learned what worked for me and I had to get a coach to, to figure that out. But I did, you know, work for the company for a little bit. I had a little team and, and it was fun. So I knew that I did like coaching people and I learned a lot from that experience working for Beachbody. So I, I'm not a coach with them anymore. Um, but that really, that got me started. So that's why I started the free Facebook group. Cause I was like, look, I do have tips to off offer people. And I was like, I, I, thought myself, I don't know if I'll be a health coach, but uh, but I know that I do like coaching people. I like motivating others. Let me just get a group of, you know, friends, family, loyal social media, media followers. Let me just put it out there. Who would want to join this group? In a couple of weeks, you know, I had 50 people in the group and now we're, we're way above that, which is great. So the time is great. I think we, there's almost 150 people in the, uh, women in the group, which is really exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Different parts of their health journeys. And so I run free challenges in there. So I ran, um, a few challenges, really high engagement. People were seeing results and they were staying consistent and people seemed to be motivated by me and I was like wow this is so exciting it was fulfilling for me it was fun for the people in the challenge and I and they were interacting and they were friending requesting were they, were they asking you for more yeah oh my gosh yes they wanted other okay. challenges like, oh could we do a workout challenge this time or like oh what are your tips for you know staying consistent with your water goal or like oh can we do this next month and things like that and that was awesome. that was really exciting for me. I was like, oh, I got I think I should build on this. So then, then what did I do? I I was still trying to think like, okay, there, there's only so much that I can do with you know this this Facebook group. Like it's so fulfilling for me, but this obviously isn't a career. And if it's not going to be medical school, what what is it? So that's yeah. when I started diving deeper in, into my research. I was researching people online different health coaching programs like oh where could I get certified where could I learn more because yeah I had gone through my own fitness journey and my own health journey but I I love learning and I knew that I wanted to dive deeper into this and I knew that if I was going to make a career out of this I couldn't do this alone I couldn't get to where I was with my health on my own I, I definitely had my own coach so I definitely I needed someone that's also a really big step because I think so many people think I'm going to build a business and I can do it alone. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? You get stuck, you get frustrated and, and you don't end up going through with it. Right? Like I started a couple businesses and I've started them all on my own. Mm -hmm. And I think that you do hit barriers. And I don't think that many people understand yet the concept and the benefit of having somebody called a coach. Like mm -hmm. these people are here to help you. Like they want to help you. And I think that some people, hear the word coach and I was like this I mean I talked about this in my first podcast with you we're talking about you that I said like come on who's gonna pay a coach like I can tell you that and that's not true like please if you're listening to me listening to us and you're thinking about like getting somebody or you're looking for help like reach out to a coach like there's so many coaches out there and these people like know what they're talking about like the good ones <laughs> They know what they're talking about. They can guide you to where you need to be. And like, Abby, you just said, so you got a coach. So did you get a business coach or did you get a health coach or did you get a lifestyle coach? Like, did you get a, what kind of coach did you get? Well, in college, that's when I got my fitness coach. So I, I was working with someone for that. But at this point, I, I wasn't really sure what I was looking for, you know, a program or, you know, someone that would help me be a health coach or a certification, but I ended up hiring okay. 
hiring a business coach that works specifically with health and fitness coaches. And okay. I was very clear in the beginning that I didn't want to just be health and fitness. I really wanted to be, you know, total wellness, make my program very holistic. So that's why I was like, hmm, health and life, health and lifestyle. Because if you make it a lifestyle, that's where it's sustainable for the long term. And going back to me being a medical scribe, I knew then I was like, I want to help people figure out what works for them and how can they maintain it for the long term so that they get to the end of their life and they don't end up like this. They don't have diabetes. Exactly. So that's where I came up with the health and lifestyle because it, once you fit it, fit your health into your busiest day, you're able to sustain it for the long term for sure. For sure. Awesome. Okay, cool. So you get a coach. Yeah, we do. We're like super synced, girl. Anyways, you get a coach and you start working on your business. Yes. And now you have two. I do have two programs. Yes. So tell us about the programs. And I know that I know them because, okay, I know you and I'm in one of your programs and you use the word academy. Like, tell us about them and how you got to the word, well, both of them, just to explain both names, basically, and how you got to those. Yes. So I um, have my Be About Being Better Academy. So it's the 12-week program. And um, the basis for the academy, really, there are three pillars, I would say. So the first one is strategy. Second is mindset. Third is accountability. So that's what okay. I, so that's what I came up with first. I was like, okay, I need like three things that are going to build out the rest of the program. So the, the three pillars to the academy, so strategy, um, I realized that everyone needs a customized plan. These cookie cutter programs, these things you find on Pinterest, you know, those don't work for people because they don't know if it is the right thing for them. So I knew that for each client that comes to my program, I wanted to customize it. I wanted to individualize it, work with each person on you know their schedule. How are we going to make this all work and give them a personalized strategy that they know what works for them. They know the exercises are getting them towards their specific goals, that the food that they're eating is getting them to their specific goals and works best for their body and their lifestyle. So and because nobody, you can't just give people a blanket program and expect it to work. Because yeah. we don't know if it's going to work for them. And plus, people come in, they have all different types of goals. People come into the academy, they're like, hey, I want to maintain my weight. I really like where I am, but I want to work on my mindset or something like that. Or stress management, for example. Or I have some people that come in, they're like, no, 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 I really need to lose 20 pounds. So okay. they need a different strategy. So do you work with anyone and everyone? Or do you have a process of selecting your clients? I do. I take my clients through an application process. And I'll be honest, I don't okay. have that, that applies to my program. Um, the Academy is, I wouldn't say it's a rigorous program, but it's a commitment. I mean, it's a commitment financially, but it's yeah. a commitment emotionally as well. And, and physically you're, I'm looking to not just help people reach their goals. I'm looking to transform their lives. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, Erica, there's a lot of people out there who aren't, aren't ready to transform their lives. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just not right. There's a lot of people that who want to make a change. Absolutely. I'm sure there's people who are like, yeah, I, I could lose some weight. That'd be nice. I, I want to reach this. Goal. That's kind of what healthy and, and happy Abby's kind of for. No, like test the waters, yeah. do a challenge, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, exactly. See what works. Which, which I did, and I was hooked. So hey, look for her challenges, guys. They're pretty awesome. Oh, okay. I love my challenge. Commitment. Yeah. 
they give me so much energy. I love hosting, hosting those challenges. Um, so I'm really looking for someone who is wanting to make a change and also willing to do whatever it takes to make that change happen to make it because too many people say that they want to make a change they want to improve their health they want to be healthy but then they don't spend enough time asking themselves well am i actually willing to change what i'm doing yeah and implement what's taught am i motivated to act on the program and am i willing to do what it takes to actually make my goals reality so it's like i i really want to get workouts in every day okay yeah that requires if somebody wants to do their workout in the morning well, you might have to get up a little earlier than you are now and that might mean you need to go to bed earlier than you are going to bed right now and that requires a shift that requires shift in routine there might be other people involved in your life that would be affected by that as well so that could be changing your bedtime absolutely that could be a huge shift for somebody in their lifestyle and if somebody's not willing to do that for example then or to buy healthy to buy different foods to maybe take a different route to work because maybe they're not tempted by this one road with so many uh you know drive-throughs and fast food places yeah yeah if they're not willing to to make a change in their life then they won't be able to get what they want so they won't be successful yeah they won't be successful right because i can give people the right strategy that works for them. I can customize a plan. I can work with them. We can, you know, alter it as we're going and I can give them that support and the accountability that they need. Um, but at the end of the day, I can't give people their own motivation. So I'm somebody who wants to make a change and is motivated themselves to action on that. Mm -hmm. So So I have a, I have a quote that I repeat a lot in my program. mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's not if you can or you can't, it's about if you will or you won't. And I think that that is definitely the type of client you're looking for, I mean, like that you work with. I mean, these are people who, anyone can do this. Like anyone can do a program, but if you don't want it and you don't commit to it, you're not gonna get anything out of it, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, and I've said to people on the phone, I'm like, look, I, I will be com- completely honest with you. Like, where you are right now in your level of commitment and your level of motivation to make a change and and it's lacking like that's not a waste of your time it would be a waste of your money to move forward at this time but as soon as you're you know wanting and willing to make a change then and you're you know self-motivated to take action on the strategy that i give you absolutely we will continue on with the application process but to be honest there's a lot of people that that aren't ready for that so that's why i i don't take anyone and everyone the other part of it too is um, I'm also considering how somebody would fit into my community. So the community yeah. aspect, at first I really was just looking for, okay, who, who would I enjoy working with? Who do I think I can coach? Cause some people have goals that I specifically don't, don't work with like certain autoimmune diseases or, mm-hmm. um, certain other conditions or health constraints that I could, I'll refer them to somebody else who I know specializes in that area or give them a suggestion. So okay. that's another reason why I have an application process too, but I'm also trying to think like, hmm, would, would other people like my current clients, would they enjoy learning from and working alongside this person as well? Because if someone comes in and they're not a giver and they're not a contributor to the community, it brings down the experience for the whole group. And you might think, oh, okay, somebody, they won't notice if I'm not on this call. I'm just one person in this group of other clients. No, 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 we notice. We notice who, yeah. comes, we notice who, do, who doesn't. And 
So the community aspect is a huge part of what I look for. And I won't accept people into my academy, at least at the time it's before, that, um, that aren't willing to give to the community and participate in that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really sure. something that I look for because, you know, like I said, the, the, one of the three pillars of my academy is accountability. So they get, the clients get accountability from me, but they also get accountability from the community. Everyone else, for sure. Yeah, this community, that's awesome. Supportive, high energy. I mean, you know, you know, Erica. <laughs> I, mean, I know, I know, and I love it. I love it. The accountability is huge, and I think that it's super important. Yeah. So you have your 12-week program. Yes. And then what happens? Yes. So after the, the academy is really geared towards making sure that people understand they have a foundation for their health now. Okay. And they know what routines work for them. You know, the foods that they should be eating, the exercise that work for them. Maybe they've lost, they've lost some weight or they're getting towards their goals. They have more energy now and yeah. they know what routines morning and evening throughout the day work for them so that they have more time in their day, they know how to better manage their stress, they can be more present, they're just in a better headspace. That's where people are at the end of my academy. They're feeling confident, they have, you know, on their way to reaching their fitness goals. So I think fitness goals, they keep evolving too. So whatever ones you originally set for, for the beginning of the academy, they can evolve and change over time. Um, and, you know, one of my clients, Alex, she just hit her 12-week goal of losing 10 pounds halfway through the program. She's absolutely amazing. I mean, she's in the Peace Corps, has no access to weights. She's very limited in, in her food choices. She's able to lose 10 pounds in six weeks. And that was her 12 weeks. I have week. no idea. Alex is on week 12. That's crazy. Right. Well, she's on week six now, but that was her 12 weeks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I was like, wait, what? Oh, awesome. Time with her. Don't worry. Love Alex. Alex, we love you. Shout out to you. Yeah, she is absolutely incredible. And so now we're we're working on up-leveling her goals, moving the goalpost to change that. So um, sure, that's awesome. Yeah. So after the academy, people are in a better headspace, they have more energy, they know what routines work for them, they know how to work it into their busy schedule. They feel like I get mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm starting to get this. Like this feels good. And they feel like they have more control over their life and their health. Yeah. At that point, people are in a better headspace and ready to tackle other areas of their life. So how I explain the end of the academy is like an insulin spike. <laughs> so when you mm-hmm. when you eat something that's you know super sugary, that signals your your insulin so that your insulin levels go up and especially really, really fast, especially if you're eating something super sugary. So you have that the blood sugar levels so high, yeah, you know, that that signals your insulin to take it out of your blood. So that goes up really quick. So the that, your health just like shoots up. It is like an insulin spike. And the other areas of your life are still kind of hanging out. They, they ha- maybe they've proved, improved a little bit, but they're not really where your health is right now. They haven't reached that, that high level yet. And they haven't improved necessarily to where people want to improve them. So my Be Better program is my 12-month program. So it's a year-long program that's more geared towards maintaining your healthy habits, improving your health more. Absolutely, so we want to keep improving, be about being better for sure. But we're also focusing on how can we be better in other areas of our life. So that's the Be Better program. So it's a, it's a lot of life coaching. So we focus on career. We focus on relationships, stress management. We dive deeper into health. So we're talking about gut health and intuitive eating. So, so by the end of this, 
clients will not just be, you know, tracking their macros and using an, an app to track what they're eating, but they'll be eating intuitively. They'll understand their gut health. They'll have more confidence. We'll optimize relationships. We'll get them, you know, to their career goals, things like that. Uh, we'll help them handle their finances so that they're saving and budgeting better. But okay. people can't tackle that if they're not in the right headspace and they don't have their health under control. So that's got to be the piece that comes first. So the Academy tackles that. The Be Better program is more how can we improve your life? So if you're in, if you're listening to this now, or you're just starting the podcast now, the Academy with Abby is 12 weeks and it really works on the fundamentals of your health and your fitness and really that stepping stone to making this the lifestyle that you want to live. And then the Be Better program is your full year program. Now, when you're ready to go, you've got that spike, you've got that motivation, and you're ready to take the next step and cover all the other areas in your life, which right now you might think you're doing pretty okay with, that's when you tackle those, and that's when you better those, correct? Exactly, exactly. All right, awesome. Cool. So, last question of this segment, and then we're going to take a little break. Um, first of all, you are a young, killer entrepreneur. I mean, you are killing it. I think that many people would be lucky to work with you and look up to you and learn from you and be coached by you. But, you know, be real with us. Tell us some of your obstacles. Where did you hit some obstacles? What were the hard parts for you? And if you tell me it was all smooth sailing, well, hey, we want your tricks. So <laughs> tell, us your, tell us some of the obstacles that you may have hit. And then we are going to cover one last top question about finance and then we'll we'll take a little break amazing awesome so yes it was definitely not smooth sailing <laughs> um, i i would definitely be lying if i said that that this journey was easy because it, it wasn't um it i did feel less resistance with it though because i knew i was going in the right direction i knew that this was the right thing for me to do and the right career path for me and it was exciting oh my gosh it, this whole process and starting my company and both of my programs and changing lives has been incredible, but it has not, it has not been easy. So when I started the business, I was still working as a medical scribe and my hours. When did you start? What was your start date? Your launch date? Oh, that's a good question. Do you remember? Or month? July 25th. Was July, okay, but 2018. 2018. So you built this killer business in six months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, entrepreneurs listening and people thinking about starting a business, get out a pen and paper, like <laughs> be motivated. This can happen to you. So six months, you build an awesome business. You're still growing. And yeah, tell us some of those obstacles. So what, where did you hit some bumps? Yeah, so I've, I'm now full time. But when I started out, this was the first thing. I was not full time with my business. Okay. And any beginning entrepreneur knows you need to put the most hours in. You're the one that's doing all, all the work, front end, back end. You're doing everything for the business in the beginning. So you have to put in a lot of hours of hustle. Yeah. I was working as a medical scribe. So I, my hours were I had to be there 6.45 in the morning. And I worked until 4 p.m. in the afternoon and I had an hour lunch break. And depending on some you know, patient appointments went over, so sometimes that hour lunch break was, was even shortened. So what I would do is I would still keep up with my morning routine. So I would, you know, wake up at 4.30 and uh, get my workout in. And then I would get to um, get to the office. I would obviously work all day. My lunch break was when I started, quote unquote, work for the business. Okay. So 
that was big for me. So I'm, you know, trying to shovel in my salad, <laughs> trying to get some water in, and you know, trying to, um, you know, message people, get things going, or respond to emails or Instagram DMs or anything like that. And then, um, really, from when I got home at 4 p.m., I would be working on the business at night. So my biggest obstacle was was time management and trying to balance my full-time job, really starting this business, time. Um, at this point I was long distance with my boyfriend. So managing a long distance relationship time with my family um, My parents are divorced. I so spending time, you know with both my dad and my mom my stepdad my siblings, you know, obviously, you know Trying to divide my time friends and juggling well. all these things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I felt like I was all over the place <laughs> um, And trying to start a business as well. So um, How I really overcame that was I had to be very upfront and, and honest very transparent with everyone in my life and I said, okay. I'm really trying to start this thing. Um, I just invested in a business coach and I really want to see if I can make this work. And you know, if I crash and burn and I, and I don't like it, if it, if I'm not effective with this, if I'm not a good health coach, if I'm not, if I don't like it, okay, then that's good feedback and that'll help me in the right direction. But if I do love it, like I need to give this my all. So I was very, I started very transparent. I was even, I even told the doctor that I was working with that I started this business and, um, right that Good. during my lunch breaks, I, I will be working on this and, you know, definitely want to be but leaving on time and, and things like that. And I basically just, I was honest with the people in my life and I, I struggled with getting enough sleep in the beginning. That, that was probably one of the biggest obstacles because I was so motivated. It was really exciting for me. And I think that was a telling thing as well. When you're so excited about something that you just can't, fall asleep and you just want to keep yeah, that, that's happening over here recently so I feel you that was me in the beginning and, and as tired as I was I was more energized than, <laughs> than I had been in a really long time I was like wow this, mm -hmm. is, this is really telling so I was able to sustain my energy but eventually that that didn't last me too long so my biggest obstacle was I needed to um you know get enough sleep and figure out mm -hmm. the schedule and I needed to cut back my hours and eventually I did put in my two weeks and and leave that full-time job and, yeah. and really even more bet, bet on myself to make this, you know, this financially sustainable, make this a career, make sure that I'm able to go full-time with it because I needed to free up my time. I needed to focus on me and my well-being as well. I was also taking a night class for nutrition. Of course you were. <laughs> was, that hard? was that hard to say, okay, I need to leave my job to start my, my company, to really get my company going? It was. It was for me. I mean, because I love my job. I, I love the doctor that I was working with. The patients were, were so awesome. I love the other colleagues that I was working with, other people in the practice. So it, it was hard for me to leave, but I knew that, that it was the right step. And as soon as I put in my, my two weeks, the doctor that I was working with was like, well, I would be disappointed in you if you stayed. And well, there you go. That I was a nice kick. You needed, you needed that kick. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone that I worked with saw that in me as well, that this was, you know, being a medical scribe is definitely a stepping stone. It was a job, not a career, and that I was bound to leave eventually. And I think because they saw that the business was going, that, that was building and, and expanding, and that I was so energized, but I think they, they knew that my two weeks was coming, coming up soon. Um, this so was right. In that aspect, just because I missed the people. Um, and I also was nervous I was going from having quote unquote nine to five, you know, more six forty five to four, but <laughs> um, salary, yeah, 
Yeah. And just having the security of that. I was nervous for sure, but I was also excited by it. I think, so the last question of this segment, I think is something that's probably on a lot of listeners' minds. And it was definitely on my mind for a while. So finance, like you've talked about, you know, you went through school, you got a, you got a health, you got a business coach. Mm -hmm. You left your job barely into your new business. Can you just give us a tiny bit of insight? You don't have to go too personal, but just how were you able to finance this? Did you ask for support? Did you have savings? Did you, I think that a lot of people wonder like, okay, I want to start a business. How am I going to fund it? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to leave my job. How am I going to, you know, make ends meet? Or I want to hire a coach, but I don't have a lot of money. And I think that it's something that scares people. And I think they, maybe they do want to ask for help or they do want to take that next step, but they are you know, the dollar signs come up first and that's the first thing that they think about. And um, I'm also working on, you know, not trying to think about that and really prioritize what I need. But before I think about finances, but you know, it's inevitable. So just give us a few tips or insight about how you, how you dealt with all that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a really good question. I definitely had some savings from the, my job before I was a medical scribe. So I I did have a little bit of savings and I'm known in my family to still have my first communion money. (laughs) So I'm definitely a saver. That's awesome. I don't, I don't spend um, excessively. Yeah, I go shopping here now. I'm a girl. Yes, for sure. But, um, but I do save. So I definitely um, had a good, good chunk of savings. It wasn't excessive by any means. Um, but it was, it was enough to get me started enough to invest with my business coach, but I did deplete my savings to invest with my business coach and really to bet on myself. And oh my goodness. So that was scary for me. Oh my gosh. That was so scary. But also exhilarating. And I'll be honest with you, Erica, if there's one thing that I've learned with investing, um, and investing in yourself, investing in business, investing in, in learning and education, all of this, all of this and mentorship. It's not about the resources that you have. It's how resourceful you can be. Tony Robbins quotes, probably one of my favorite quotes out there. And that has gotten me going. So and I'll say it again, it's not about the resources that you have. It's how resourceful you can be. If you want something bad enough, you will do whatever it takes to make that happen. You, you really will. You'll figure it out. And that's why. So I needed to, to sell some things. I needed to really prioritize my spending for sure. Not that I was spending excessively, but you know, you get a coffee at Starbucks here and there. Oh, this top looks cute or this on Amazon. And you want to get it on Amazon because it'll literally get here tomorrow. So I really had to be super cognizant of that. I, you know, even, you know, sold a few things on online. I definitely returned my MCAT books. That was a good chunk of cash that I got back. <laughs> Uh, so, so that was, that was good. Um, and, and that helped. I, but I do understand the finances of it. So you have to be, you have to become resourceful. Um, I did not have to ask my, my family to help me, but I know that if I did and they saw that it was important, I'm sure that they, that they would have supported me in that regard. I was able to do this on my own, which was, which was means, but not everybody is, is able to do that. Um, but I think you have to think about what, what resources do I have available to me and how important is this to me? Yeah. I think it's important for people to understand that asking for help is not a weakness. Like, I don't want to say you go to mom and dad and you're like, okay guys, I want money. And I want, like, I, you know, not that you expect it, 
but like for example recently i am enrolled in an online university for to better to become a better coach and to take nutrition classes and i had to go to my parents and ask them for money and i'm a married mother like i have children and yeah but i think that you get to the point and you say like i want this so bad I'm going to do everything I can to do it. And it was awesome because with my first two clients, I was able to already pay back my parents a huge chunk of money and, and, you know, feel amazing about it. Mm -hmm. Like I had this long payment plan and I'm like, here's half, you know, like I'll do, we'll, we'll get there. And I think that if you're thinking about doing something and you want it so, so bad, mm -hmm. like you're saying, Abby, you become resourceful. Like you find things that work. And like, again, I'll repeat, you don't have to go to your parents and ask for money, but I think that, you just sit down and think like, how bad do I want this? What is going to, what am I going to achieve when I get this? Or what am I going to feel when I get this? Mm -hmm. Those ideas of getting money are just going to start flowing to you. Like you are going to feel like, okay, this is what I've got to do. And this is how I'm going to get it. Exactly. And you make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, I, I had a client who interviewed for, for my Academy and now she has since joined the be better program. Um, she said to me on her interview call for the Academy, she's like, Abby, I have to be honest with you. I only have $30 in my bank account right now. You know, so I said, okay, you know, we try to figure some things out, but we got to climb, blah, blah, blah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I gave her until midnight, you know, to kind of save her spot in the Academy to, to mm -hmm. get the, the down payment together. And I really wanted to coach her. Oh my gosh. I, I was so perfect fit for the Academy and I was, oh my gosh, so excited. So I was hoping this would work out. And she ended up, you know, before we got off the phone, she ended up sending me her last $30. And I was like, you don't have to do that. Like, you know, as long as you get it on my midnight tonight, we'll get you in the academy, blah, blah. Um, but she's like, no, no, no. I, I need to send this to you because I, I need to commit to this. I need to show you that I'm serious, but I also need to show myself that I'm committing to this. I can't afford not to do this. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Did she got it? Did she do it? Yes. Oh my gosh. So I, you know, I called up right away. I was like, Oh my gosh, how did, how did you make this happen? I'm so excited. We're going to get you on board in the academy. And you know, <laughs> I can't, we'll get you started tonight. Like, Oh my goodness. How did you make this happen? She's like, well, I babysit sometimes on the weekends. And I asked the woman that I babysit for if she would pay me in advance to give me a loan. Well, there you go. Ask for help people. You can do it. Sometimes it takes somebody else. Yeah. But it's good. All right. I love this, Abby. So we're going to finish up the first segment. Now we're going to take a little break, drink some water. And we will come right back. So we're going to stop the video so that we can save this video. We're going to save this recording. And then we're going to get right back on and jump into segment number two. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Erica. Well, guys, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I know it was a little longer than the usual, but... I just love Abby's story. I hope that it inspired you today or motivated you. If it did, please reach out to her. Reach out to me. All of her information is in the show notes. You can find her on Facebook. You can find her on Instagram. She has a special group on Facebook called Healthy and Happy with Abby, where she's running challenges and posting videos every so often. She's active on Instagram. Just let us know your feedback. We'd be happy to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode today, I would really appreciate you screenshotting it, sharing it on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I would love to grow this community and reach out to more people. So please feel free to contact me whenever you want. If you have a story to share, I'd be happy to hear it. I'm on Erica's Healthy Home on Instagram. 
Again, thank you for listening, and I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode. Remember, make big changes and achieve your goals. See you guys soon.